1: We are presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code DAN for a special offer when you sign up. That's code DAN only at DraftKings Sportsbook.
2: I can't use Bookum Dano when he's a cop himself, right?
0: Wait, why? You're the detective,
2: right? But then I'm in. Then Danos. I'm like an invest, like an IA detective, but like internal were, but affairs. Dan, you Dan were, but
3: you were, you were, you were using <laughs> that to accuse me of being a cop. Mm-hmm. You're a dirty cop, then. How about that?
2: Mm.
0: So do, did the bit never make sense? Is that what we're realizing now? No, it,
2: it made sense for something. I just don't remember what it was. The fact that Dan was here. Oh no, no, him, ma- it,
3: maybe because like I was being the fun. Po- I think it was the fun. The fun police. police. Yeah, yeah. I was the fun police. And you were you were accused. You were putting me away. you were booking me. Tony because was
0: policing the police.
3: Yeah. Whoa. I was IA, yeah. yeah.
2: Internal affairs, making sure the streets were clean from dirty cops and fun sucking ones alike. hmm mm-hmm.
3: So we were talking about uh internet games before we started because there is a sensation going on the New York Times website, which Chris Cody actually introduced me to. At, At two f- so I, I opened my wow. Twitter this what morning. What are we doing up so early? Yeah, I I opened up my Twitter <laughs> and ah. Coming to work and Chris Cody. (laughs) (laughs) I I saw a tweet from Chris Cody at two fifteen in the morning, and I'm stood in the shower. (laughs) I played.
2: What you're in the shower at two forty-five?
3: No, I was at I was at six a.m. So you were nude when you were looking at my tweet. That's correct. Uh, (laughs) I play Wordle in the shower. It's part of how I get my it's get my brain going. man,
2: that's weird. I know. Okay. <laughs> okay, just making sure, just so you know. The fact that you're stood naked the in a page. shower with mm-hmm. your phone yeah. worries
3: me a little bit. Why? It troubles me. The water falls down my back. No, no, I know, but you, can, there. but you can but you can also just visuals. leave your phone outside and not, not bring visual. your phone into the shower. You could do that. It's just part of now my morning routine to get my brain going that I like I have to do a world. Take a cold shower. That'll get your brain oh, going. That'll your ass <laughs> up. Man, Sounds cold terrible. Shower, cold shower in the morning, you come out, you get like the shivers. Uh-huh. I understand it. I understand the, the appeals. I understand the appeals of a cold shower. And every once in a while, you go it's for it. It's easier
1: said than done. Like, I, yes. a, I like the theory of, oh, it'll wake me up. But when I'm, it's like 5.30 a.m., I'm not so taking a cold shower. I have a mate who is
2: off of hot right, showers. Buddy. He is off of hot showers. He's, he hasn't taken a hot shower in like six
3: months. My, my buddy Tyler. Let's it's, call him. He... Okay. <laughs> no, don't don't call Tyler. No, uh, no, no. But no, you're. I mean, in terms of habit forming, I've wanted to become a cold shower because I understand that I probably let water go on too long when I'm a, when I'm a hot shower. I, I don't it think does it's stuff to your body. Too. I, yeah, I don't like, think it's good for my, I don't think it's good, good for my skin. Hot showers, mm-hmm. um, but I'll go three days in a row cold showering. But the fourth. I'm, uh, it like, breaks the right. cycle. It's like treat- it, like you have to be conscious. All right, I'm going to do a cold shower today. My default is just crank the crank the thing all the way to get the hot water going, and I just love I love a hot shower. Oh,
4: the
2: best. You've been you've been mind warped, brainwashed. by big So yeah, I was up at
1: 2:45 a.m. because it wasn't up. I fell asleep. What happened? <laughs> the heat played at 10 o'clock. Yep. And I was watching that, and I fell asleep on the couch. I had put a parlay in, so I woke up at like 2:30. And of course, you gotta check How'd you parts. wake you up? Wait, How'd you wake up? Hang just, on, hang you on, know, you like f- anyone does. I just opened my. Do you I don't go know. Wait,
3: like, because <sighs> 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 no, you, you feel asleep. Up on the couch, I'm groggy. Yeah. When, when you you know when you're starting to go. Yeah. You don't you don't just turn the TV off and go to bed when nah, you know you're starting to go. I like, I like go. a good couch sleep. I don't mind and plus, oh, my, yeah. wife, like, and plus my wife
1: has been sick so I'm honestly trying to avoid her at
3: the
5: moment <laughs> so. yeah. you got do you've
3: essentially engaged in a half sleep right. like you've woken up in the middle of the night Bally sports Sun is still on oh yeah no it was the, re- it was the first the, quarter of the replay yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. and, and the, best, the best was I hadn't really looked at the clock yet so I just see the game on and I'm like oh is this like is it the fourth How quarter where am I you? in the game and then I see yes. first quarter and I'm like okay it's late back at the first quarter okay it's late mm-hmm. so then you wake up Open so, your phone to see if your parlay check hits. Check the parlay. Hit it. Parlay ski one. Atta boy. All 10 o'clock games. Uh, just, I, I said it just to stay up. I'm like, all right, if I'm going to stay up for this, I'm going to at least have some action, fell asleep, hit the parlay, and then I just happened to be on Twitter and I was just like doing that useless 2 a.m. Yeah, quick scrolls. little scroll through Twitter. And I Which, see this. Yeah, you see nothing except and I see this New York Times pitch like and it's like be an umpire. And I'm like, that's if, no, if, any, yeah. if any headlines calling my name, that's it's this Cody's one. dream. So I did <laughs> it. Pretend to I be got six out of seven. Yeah, and yeah. then I hit share and I'm like, am I about to share this at 2.45 a.m.? Right. And I'm like, I'm just I don't want to like save it and share. It. I'm just like going to share it. Bleep it. So the, I uh, shared it at 2.45 a.m. I believe the Twitter mobile app. Does it not offer you a schedule
3: option? I'm just, that's that's even, a little over i'm not i'm not doing that tweet at, 2 at 245, 245 yeah, i'm lot, just like i ah, send it <laughs> mm, mm, mm. uh so tony i believe is the only one in the room who hasn't played the game i haven't yeah i did everyone here get 6 out of 7 roy did you get 6 out of 7 yeah i missed on the last pitch yeah uh, that last pitch is a doozy yeah, yeah. Hit the corner. everyone yeah. missed the last one and i i got the last yeah. one Aren't and I missed. Special. I missed on the third one. So this how can is I find a it? this is a New York Times. I just Google New York Times. UBV. on any of
0: our Twitter accounts, right? Or, or oh, like it's know. it's well, a new Chris thing Cody's. where everyone yeah. Yeah,
3: shared everyone shared yeah. it. Everyone right. shared, everyone it. shared right. their scores. Yeah, yeah, but I
0: retweeted I, a couple
3: things. I how do you feel about down. people like that that share scores from things? No, I don't. know I'm like even weenies.
0: You all did it. So
3: yeah, I know. But it's sort of like one of those things where I'm
0: the only one who didn't share mine. Everyone at some point decided.
3: Everyone at some I'm point special. decided to stop <laughs> sharing their Wordle scores yeah. because they realized that you looked ridiculous doing that. But every, you have to reach a breaking point when it's well, like, oh, I'm not going to do the popular thing anymore. It's a new game. Share okay, Wordle I found scoring. it. Here we go. All right. So, so, it's an, it's so an these article? are essentially uh, so it's an article, but then there's an interactive. Okay, I see. I and then, an interac- and then you, you're participating this in the, is the strike zone. doing, so, oh, doing oh, it on this the exciting. phone is
2: tough. Oh, okay, okay I haven't exciting. done it on the phone. This is the strike zone.
3: Okay, here we go. Yeah, you had Time to, to do it. It me. was 2:30 in the morning. I I did do it on the phone. Yeah. Oh, so, <laughs> so these are essentially all so this year for me was the year. Oh of voice? bad balls and strike calls hey. in baseball where it's like they have we have the K zone on the screen. We have these Twitter accounts it's that like, are dedicated are we, Yeah, why are we still why doing this? Why are we still this? doing umpires? And so these are these are seven pitches. They're real pitches I see yeah, them here. They're they're real pitches that were flagrantly called wrong by Angel Hernandez in in real life. Mm-hmm. So like you'll see a video after After the pitch of someone slamming their bat or turning towards the umpire and going, "What the hell was that?" So okay, here we go. Throw pitch. So so you you play the game and then tell us your score at the end. And
1: we'll oh. silently sit here and wait. <laughs> yes. That was a ball, easy.
0: Witty put twenty forty eight in my easy. head before we started, and yeah. I had to get a quickie in while we were doing the show.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm trying if to someone, play right if now. If
0: someone mentions twenty forty eight, it's over for right. me. Right. So, to play so that my, second. so,
3: so Tony. Oh, yeah, that
2: was bad. T- Tony, was I just a, saw the GIF of it. it was, that was low. Tony
3: was saying uh, beforehand, <laughs> "Is this a easy. is this a pooper game?" Like is oh, is yeah. is this a game you can play on the shit? It's like no, it's a one time only. Yeah, that's you're, upsetting. You're, you're an umpire only once.
2: I'm trying to get away from watching TikTok when I'm going to the restroom. I've, I've deleted TikTok yet again. The I dopamine say for the, hit of my brain is like, oh uh,
3: great, I love this. <laughs> oh, I love yeah. TikTok And then so I much. need to
2: delete it to make sure that I don't continue to. I d- don't ever be a delete
3: fiend. it. I go on it a lot. I I, I lose my afternoons <laughs> to TikTok. I lie down usually for a nap. I I, I be, I'm a, i become a nap guy, so I'll take Nine. a nap. I'll, I'll be t- I'll, I'll take oh, a nap God. for an hour. And then I'll come to, and I'll watch TikTok for about another hour. And that's just an hour that I've lost. And I've enjoyed the content. The dopamine rush was fantastic. Why do you think
1: you've lost it? I, I just, can't believe he called this a strike. <laughs> I, 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 I was so outside. I think you've lived. You've but I lived, haven't, It's though. a modern... Dude, we live got, in 2022. This isn't the 80s anymore. You're living. You're on your phone. Phones are a thing now. Accept it. We do this thing. It's like we all have phones. We live in this era. Accept it. Why are we so, like... Like I get it. You don't want to be yeah. on your phone 15 hours a day, but if yeah. if a little joy, if you get a, a little joy brought to you by, you know, being on TikTok for an hour, you do that, my friend.
0: Chris, I agree. I think for for different people they have different experiences using certain apps but TikTok, that is not a ball TikTok generally brings me joy like yes. my for you page is mostly like cute animal videos and like
1: funny stuff that's that's what i like about it is you don't see like the like on twitter it's just like okay this person's the good these, pe- these people are fighting these guys are going back and forth on tiktok it's yep. just like dancing food stuff you know, some lady at a red light getting yelled at by a guy next to her. Like, it's just random. My, my algorithm is weird. My algorithm yeah, likes to have fun. My, my algorithm, algorithm is nice. food. And it's like, and it's like, people are. I I guess I say it's a positive platform, but my algorithm, I watch them every time, is like people fighting in public. (laughs) Yeah, it's like these people are at the red light and they get out and they start. It's like, and it's a genre, and it always says on it, "Wait till the end" because something good is happening. Yeah, oh, the wait till the end. I usually,
3: um, I usually usually scroll to the
1: end when I get wrung them out on that
2: pitch in the dirt, almost
1: (laughs) embarrassing. Oh man,
3: Uh, ended the game on that, by the way. So, mine. Do you have the guy that pulls up to a stoplight? lowers his window, encourages a woman next to him to say, hey, lower your window. And he does like a crappy, like, uh, are are you an astronaut? Because... That ass is out of this uh, world, oh, and yeah. then like, and then oh. the, the the lady starts laughing, and the guy like the guy fucking loves yeah. his own joke. He he thought it was the funniest thing that he's ever said. But I I get that. Anytime that guy has a new video, it ends up in my. Do you
1: guys ever see these extreme eating ones where it's like they have a full, it's like they have a full thing of pasta, they have like like seven hard boiled eggs, a bunch oh, of pork, I, these and these it's used like to be on YouTube, and it's like AS, it's like an ASMR thing where it's like you just hear them like. <laughs> It's just like a minute video of somebody <laughs> eating the most food you've ever seen. It's called and, mukbang. Yeah, mukbang. And yeah. they can literally mm, eat what? all the like uh, as much Another food as, right you, down the pipe, as much the food uh, as you would eat in three days. This person is in a one-minute TikTok, dude. Actually, I'm telling Jesus. you. Chris, I have a question for
0: you. This keeps coming up on my for you page. It's someone, it's usually a woman sitting at like this round thing with all these shelves behind her. And like there's a pool in front of her. Rocks and crystals, and wow. she has like a bowl, and it's always a live thing. Ooh. She has mm. a bowl, and she dips the bowl in and pulls out these giant crystals. I don't and then see shows it. I haven't seen this. The camera. I only see it when I'm on at like 4 a.m., 3 a.m., like scary hours. Yeah. Mm. And I have sure, yeah. no idea what the fuck I'm watching.
1: Yeah, there are also a ton of lives where it's like some guy's sitting there with a spoonful of like these like worms that are alive, and he's not actually eating them, he's sitting there on live. Just like tempt, like, and people, threatening, are, threatening and people, are, people, and people are joining and yeah. people are joining because it's like, this guy's going to eat worms. And all of a sudden he has 4,000 people watching. Yeah. And, he, yeah. and he, if you want, because I'm a, like, I'm the idiot. I'm like, I'm going to see if he takes a bite of this. So <laughs> I'm watching now for like two and a half minutes and it's like. I don't think he's ever gonna eat. I think he's just you're like like huh? like, on to I to do. There's so many, and yeah. there's these random people where it's like, it, the, I'm on live. I'm just saying people's names in the comments. So I'm joining and I'm writing my name. I'm like, all oh, I want to hear him say. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, yes. sometimes I record these because I think it'll be fun to play on the show if it's just like some guy like Chris Cody. Hey, welcome in the chat. They never say my name because these because there's so many people joining yeah, that yeah. the comments go too fast. So you got to time out. I type out my name and I wait to hit send till I see them. Till like, it seems like their attention is they're on like the screen. Yeah. I'm like, it looks like they're looking at the screen now. Send! And then I hit send, and then it just disappears. It's TikTok, man. I'm six for six it. right now. Oh, uh, good for you. I got the uh, last pitch. All right, last How pitch. The, the sixth uh, pitch. Wow, you're, you're six for six, the though. The sixth
2: pitch was was way outside. I can't believe we called that a strike. Let's see. Here we go. All right. Elfie. All right, this is Joe Musgrove from the Padres, Elias Diaz for the Rockies, bottom two. Yeah. Oh, excuse me, bottom four, two-two pitch. Two-two
1: pitch. And the pitch.
2: Welcome to Mystery Creek, by the way. Hey! hey. What do you think? That was a-
1: Ah, see, that's right.
2: That's right. Gets, wow. gets you. Wow. Got it wrong. Wow. That's
1: that last that's pitch. One, yeah. I, I, I'm
0: pretty sure that we last. We should bleep that out so people that listen can play along.
1: That's a good. Pretty, that's yeah. I'm that's pretty pretty a good sure, idea. I'm pretty sure that last that's pitch is the one that idea. Kyle Schwarber lost his mind to. No, he yeah, just said, he the, just second said oh, the second to last one. one. Oh, the second to last one. Kyle Schwarber one. Classic. But what a game! So, so, So,
3: to Chris's point. I'm going to take on board your advice that TikTok is not bad. The thing, the reason why I personally don't like it is because I sort of, when I get home, there's a ticking clock before bed. Yeah. Like, it's and that, and that's. Clock. And, the and, clock uh, is going TikTok, TikTok. Yeah, TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> hey. hey. Uh, and that's, hey. and that's the thing that I am sort of, so I'm sort of reverse engineering. All right. I'm, I'm going to be asleep by 1030. So it's five now. And I've lost an hour to TikTok. What are you, 80? Then I gotta have 10 well, yeah, I mean, 30. I'm just get getting up, warmed up, dude, baby. We get up very early in the I morning. Know,
1: I'm still like 11.30, 30. 10 30, I've been
0: in bed for two hours. So if, What? for me. Wait,
1: do you go to bed every night at 11.30? 30? Yeah, easily. I'm happy. If I'm Easy. asleep by easily. midnight, I'm happy. Me too. Like anytime. I usually go to sleep in the 11 o'clock. No, I'm 5 I 30. Yeah. I need sleep to function. I do <laughs> take naps sometimes on Mondays. You got kids to get sleep. I usually
0: take the <laughs> Freaking fattest two-hour drooling on my couch oh, nap no, yeah. of my life on Mondays. Mondays is a nap day for Out me, for sure. Really? Why,
1: guys? Nay. It's just like, I, I, I ride so with the week, tired. dude. You know me. Yeah. Like, Thursdays and Fridays, like, I don't feel tired after work. On Mondays, there's just something about the day. I don't know if it's, it's like the weekend. I don't know if it's psychological, physical. I don't know what it is, but just Mondays, I, I'm always just like, God, when I get home, I'm taking a nap. Yeah.
2: I always think that when I'm sitting on the edge of my bed and it's like 6.40 yeah. and I'm like,
1: Oof, I'm tired. Well, that Sunday night game, I shouldn't have stayed up long. for it. Yeah. No, if I'm See, at the house I... by seven o'clock every day, I'm here oh, you mean in j- the morning. Yeah, I'm with morning. you. I generally most mornings feel like I want a nap, but. That feeling subsides. I always tell myself we all wake that, yeah. up and
0: immediately are like, "I can't wait till I'm home from work to take a nap." <laughs> right, no,
3: exactly, yeah, yeah, but then exactly. I never do. Yeah, I never yeah. take yep. the nap. Really? Yeah. No, I I've, I've become very very disciplined about napping. Also, the the duration of the nap is very important. I, I don't oh, want yeah. to shocking that you're disciplined. I don't, I don't want to go. I don't want to go longer than an hour with. I that, used yeah. to fight. Absolutely. I used to fight
0: yeah. off the nap because I was like, I need to be able to stay awake for a full day. But now I'm just like, no, this is what my body needs. Yeah. I need to take a nap. It's because you're sleeping bad. No, I'm actually not sleeping that bad. Hmm.
3: Anyway, where snoring, where I so when I'm... It's settled. I beat snoring. So when I'm reverse engineering my night, oh, yeah. I'm like, all right, well, we to Mo- my Mo- Monday Night Football is on tonight, and I haven't watched a show in about a year and a half. At some point, I need to watch a show. Shows are overrated these days. No, they're not. I don't consume any July content. Yeah. So if, if
1: that what hour point? is spent
3: on TikTok... Oh, then, you're wasting your life. Then, then love show, I, I'm not going. gonna. Like, I finally finished <laughs> Blackbird last weekend. I oh, congrats! Blackbird I in two shows Blackbird, recently. Kind of overrated. Under,
2: in, under, under mm, you know, it's just. Uh, I fit in. It re- was, was a normal show. show. Yeah, it was just dull. a show.
1: Welcome to Wrexham? No, I, I haven't. I squeezed that in. Yeah. And I also squeezed in The Patient with Steve Carell. Anyone watch that? I'm like halfway good, done. It's wild. Wow. Patient's pretty yeah, good. I'm halfway extreme. through Better Call was Saul last Re- Did you like season. Rexham? Ooh. Rexham Very is good. Very exciting. Yeah. Oh, ho, you finally got there. Very huh? Oh, Roy,
0: I thought shows were a waste of time. What else?
6: Uh, no,
2: I haven't watched a show since Better Call Saul. Yeah, that exactly. was like a month ago. Exactly. I haven't watched a show in a month.
0: I just called you out, Roy.
1: Oh, okay. Thank you, Jessica. So, what's up, Mystery Crate this week? No, first before we get to that, <laughs> oh, we need show. to get to Tony figuring out <laughs> right, snoring. Me and Tony have talked recently because my wife has been giving me stuff mm. about snoring. Tony the same, and I was and Tony's like, I figured it out, and I was like, oh, dude, a remedy? Did you find figure out like did you buy something? How'd you how'd you stop snoring? And he's just like. I just wor- I just told myself I don't want to snore anymore.
2: <laughs> it's, like, it's, shut the gra- up. it's
7: the
1: greatest thing of all time.
7: <laughs> what? Listen.
1: What? So so Tony. I go to no.
2: Listen, listen, guys. This sounds crazy, but it's not. So I went to my dentist, and he has one of these like 3D machines, right? So it scans your whole body. It yes, scans your even over this, pipe.
0: and you need to get all of this dental work done. Isn't yeah.
2: Correct. It? Exactly. So he told me, he's like, hey, um, I noticed that you breathe through your mouth. You're a fucking mouth breather. And I'm like, oh.
1: <laughs> I've been saying it for years. Yeah. Well, like my my, <laughs> my <laughs> wife's been telling me that forever. Most snorers are, right? That's Right, the, correct. Yeah.
2: So the problem is that snoring occurs when you have your mouth open yeah. and then your thing in your throat, like, yeah. clogs, whatever. Long story short, I started breathing through my nose. Yeah. And that's what stopped my just snoring. Just
1: like reps right before bed. You're like, and, and we want to mock Tony. Like, right, that sounds ridiculous. I just decided to stop snoring. I kind of tried what he's talking about, and my wife the next morning was like, "Your snoring wasn't that bad last night." Well, like, yeah. I wasn't swear, that to, God, I All swear right. to God, before hey. bed, I just did a few in through the nose, out through the mouth. Like I was just like, instead of being like, <sighs> I was like, <laughs> I like took like four deep breaths of just like maybe it is a little bit yeah. of meditating. I don't know, mm-hmm. but I'm telling you, meditation
0: me- is very good it, for you. It yeah. seemed
1: to work. I it's was, the like, pattern. It's the repetitious pattern. I meditate while I'm
0: on TikTok every night.
1: No, that's not the that that no. Why don't
0: you get on a mic? You've got a lot of opinions back there, buddy.
1: He's saying what I was doing there is a a quick meditation that just makes me more relaxed and helps me sleep better. So here's the thing,
2: right? What you're supposed to do is breathe in through your nose. Everybody try it. Ooh, whoever that was. was 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 That's tough. Get away from
3: me. my, My breathing's not great. Okay, so in through your nose.
0: Wait, wait. Everyone, in through your nose. Right now.
2: Out through your nose. Oh, really? Oh, I was going <laughs> You tricked in, me. No, in through your nose,
4: <laughs>
2: out through your nose. <sighs> so you do that all day. You keep your mouth closed and you just breathe in through your nose and out through your nose all you day, do all the day,
3: hold. all day. When you do the call map, it'll be like four seconds in, eight four seconds, seconds hold, four seconds hold, eight seconds out.
0: That's it, four, four, eight.
3: Do
2: it again, Chris. Out through your yeah. So you do that before bed and you try, try to do it throughout the whole day.
0: Do you guys Come breathe on. into your chest oh, or you into your sleep. stomach?
3: Oh, that's Because oh. my physical also, therapist... Are, also, are you Side. an outbreather or an inbreather? I
0: don't know what that the, means. Uh, what the that
3: people mean? who, like, breathe and they're like, your stomach expands, and there are people who your Can stomach contracts. Opposite? Mine expands. you an expander? It, if you if you... you, 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 you I think the, hel- the healthy way is you yeah. want to go in. Yeah. If you Cody's go in, you want to go in through your chest. Right, exactly. I think I breathe through both. Chest and stomach. I think you're supposed to
0: breathe into your stomach
3: and say into your diaphragm I remember I was yeah. in, I was in college at a professor it was for a sports class I have no idea why he was talking hmm. to us about this it's breath work
2: is very important by the way
3: but uh, yeah he was like sort of saying you want to be a diaphragm breather so I just walk around for like 30 minutes on campus only thinking about my diaphragm I'm telling breathing you, I just love the idea of
1: Tony being like snoring not today yeah. and it worked Mark Jackson. You're Mark Jackson the great bro. ones tell their body not, <laughs> today. not today and I told my
2: body not today and I stopped snoring and you can ask my wife like I went from like her hitting me in the middle of the night like yo you're snoring so
1: much to I don't snore anymore there's nothing more infuriating than you waking up and your spouse mad at you yeah and it's like
8: I can't control this
4: but
3: apparently I can so you can breathe in through your nose out through your nose that's the trick yeah this week's mystery crate brings us another review from Darth Amin and Darth Anthony
4: Mays wait a minute oh boy oh whoa whoa out of the shadows exactly the league of shadows coming soon to a theater near you juju Gotti's review of lord of the rings tv show uh enter the damn ring and we're going to be reviewing <laughs> i don't think that's the name uh of mtv's the challenge yes. since billy don't want to do it with me coming soon after andor yes. all right oh. there you go there you go Big news. I'll, I'll watch the challenge juju i'm down don't be down now that Okay, yes. I that's, never knew it. Yeah, we, yeah never you did. never, you never did, did mentioned this it. to us. I mean,
3: I'll, I'll watch The Challenge. I haven't watched The Challenge season in like eight or nine years. I, I, love, I, watched, I watched it for the first the time challenge. during
0: COVID, the, the season when they were in like the never Czech Republic. That was the only one and only time. Never seen show
3: in my life. Cool, guys. Here's, here's Darth Amin <laughs> and Anthony Mays.
4: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
6: Welcome back to the dark side. It's Rule of Two. My name is Darth Amin. I'm joined, as always, by my apprentice, Darth Korn Puzzle, a.k.a. Anthony Mays, reviewing episode eight of Andor, Narkeena 5. Let's go to prison. Let's go to prison, future cinephobe. Also, alternate title, Maze. everyone's got their own little prison.
5: Nice, yeah. I really enjoyed this one. I feel like this show is... At a level now where we've established all these characters just to be able to bounce around and advance the plot lines forward a step here, a step there, see all of the characters. It's firing on all cylinders, and we got some amazing new characters well, kind of new characters showing up. Mm. So it's really just sensational. I can't believe we still have four left.
6: Future callback there is a Carl Weathers. Level ass-off dialogue in this episode. What in Cinephobe history would you classify as the dueling ass-offs moment?
5: Two ass-offs face-to-face?
6: Mano y mano. Ooh,
5: that's tough, man.
6: I want to say, I feel like this is recency bias, but Denzel Washington and John Goodman at the end of Fallen?
5: That's a really good one, for sure. That's the best example, I think, for the scene. Right. Of a scene with two people going back and forth, just absolutely crushing it. We've had movies where people have both given strong performances, but not necessarily head-to-head like that. So I'm with you.
6: I'm like you. I'm loving the level of nuance and plot advancement we're we're getting here. Maze, I know this is hard for us in our little bubble, but do you think this is a show that could appeal to someone who's never watched Star Wars? Every episode I watch, I'm like, guys, I mean, other than like little sci-fi things like a spaceship. It feels very grounded stuff, right?
5: I think that if you're into this genre, you could definitely get on board with this show and just watch it by itself. I rewatched Rogue One last week, which I've been meaning to do for a while, and it's still so incredible how well that movie works. It's fantastic to have this show to fill in Cassian's character because... One of the things that's so interesting in Rogue One is how committed to the rebellion Cassian is. You can sense a lot of Nemec's idealism has soaked in over time. And Jin is the one who starts as the non-believer.
6: As the cynic.
5: She flips a switch pretty fast, but that's how it starts.
6: But also, and yet, you still see also the ruthlessness in Andor. Yeah. Is still like a guy who's willing to not play by the rules, basically.
5: Yeah, I mean, it's no coincidence that this show started with him killing someone because that's how his character is introduced in Rogue One. Yep. And in Rogue One, he's killing someone on his own team. Yep. So it's even more ruthless.
6: The crazy thing about this show is it's even more grounded, if possible, than Rogue One. I think it is eminently way more grounded in reality and
5: i think that has to do with the amount of time they get to spend
6: sure the amount of time they get to spend and also the point of rogue one climaxes with this stealing of the death star plans this is something big Mm -hmm. i loved rogue one because it was a movie about insignificant people is what i called it meaning krennic is a middle manager and Andor is just the kind of a soldier. And Jin Ariso is someone who didn't even want to do this, but she got called in to do it. And her father is an engineer, but he's not like a big wig in the empire. And everyone's getting overruled over. Even K2SO yeah. is like someone is being told what to do all the time. One of the iconic scenes to me uh, Rogue One, maybe iconic is not the right word, but a scene that sticks with me is when they're on Scarif and they're putting the bombs all around the base and two stormtroopers are walking by, and one says, "Yeah, hey, you heard they're gonna retire the TK twelve or whatever." And like, "Oh yeah, man!" Like, and they're just complaining about like decisions that get made, levels of levels of bureaucracy above them, just complaining about your boss and complaining about your work conditions.
5: And we've gotten so much more of that in this show.
6: Oh, that's what I'm saying. Like now, in retrospect, Rogue One was nowhere near. This is, this is true grit. I mean, like I said last week, we've always known the Empire was bad. But on a macro level, blowing up planets, shit like that. Like, oh, the guy wants to turn Luke Skywalker to the dark side. And this is our first real life, what it's like day-to-day for people. like just getting with every single day for no reason. Not because they're looking for a Jedi. Not because there's some grander scheme. Not like, no, on a regular-ass day, we'll get to that part where we get to the prison because it's hilarious. I was laughing so hard. Cassian, we see him getting basically processed and sent out to the transports that are going off to the different prisons. He's going to one called Narquina 5. It's been mentioned in some books on the legend side, but this is its canon debut.
5: I'm a tourist. <laughs> one more
6: of those. But
5: I'm not even supposed to be here. here. today.
6: Meanwhile, Cyril is at work at his new job, and here comes some ISB officers And come with us.
5: Dedra's assistant.
6: We're back with Cassian on the transport. They're told to take off their shoes, which I thought was weird, but it gets explained in a little bit. Back to Cyril, who's in a holding cell, an interrogation room with the two-way glass and everything. Dedra walks in, says, yeah, I know your book, and you've been using company time to Google Cassian Andor.
5: This made me laugh so hard. That he's been filing requests at his fuel standards job, (laughs) trying to get anything he can on Cassian. He calls it the limited tools available. He's relentless.
6: (laughs) Just a complete weirdo. He's put in five fake requests.
5: Six, actually. Oh, I wasn't counting today. The two of them, I need more of it because they're a great match.
6: Well, I like the fact that she looks down on him.
5: Absolutely.
6: Which makes sense. She's an ISB officer.
5: He's a peasant compared to her.
6: She says, you've engaged the curiosity of the ISB, but really, it's not the way I think we thought it would happen, right? We thought it would happen like, she's like, oh, there's this guy who knows all this shit. And instead, it's like, there's this fuck up who just keeps searching for this Cassian Andor.
5: Yeah, I like when she says that she was going to get to him eventually, but he's forced her hand because he won't stop sending these stupid requests in. So she had to rearrange her schedule on a busy day when she's got a huge presentation coming up. She's got to sort this out first. So she gives him the report because he hasn't read it and he's going to fill in the gaps.
6: Meanwhile, Cassian arrives at the prison. The prison is several bases put in the middle of what looks like a never ending ocean. The prisons are under the water, and Cassian's looking out the window. The look of a guy on the bus being dropped off at Sing Sing. He knows. Oh, shit, man. A six-year sentence.
5: Yeah, Space Alcatraz. I couldn't tell if Narkina 5 was the name of the moon or there's five Narkeena factory prisons. Oh. But there's several of these factory prisons on this moon.
6: I took it to mean it's the name of the moon because as we're approaching it, they do the Narkeena 5. They didn't wait until we saw the surface of the planet.
5: Mm, yeah, gotcha.
6: Meanwhile, Dedra makes her big presentation. She's successfully connected the dots between the stolen Star Path unit and Cassie and Andor and the escape of Ferex. They still don't know about Aldani and that this is connected to Aldani, but they do know that there's some dude who was with him, and this dude is responsible for a lot of the stuff that's been happening around the galaxy, and they codename him Axis. Of course, they are referring to Luthan. Call him codename Axis as this guy who's kind of at the center of all this stuff.
5: Meanwhile, Wolf U. is reading her requests, full planetary comment, full garrison tech package, Series 9 spectrum surveillance, Jargon. local agent funding, and a code droid. So despite P.O.R.D., P-O-R-D, and all the bluster about all the resources they'll have access to. He's still balking at the price tag because Wolf doesn't want to pay the luxury tax, I mean.
6: Yep, and this scene reminded me of season one of The Wire, when they're trying to convince the higher-ups that, hey, this Barksdale thing is real. We need wiretaps, we need this, we need that. And the higher-ups are like, ah, we'll give you all the fuck-ups, and you guys get to set up in the basement of this... Terrible facility over here.
5: And just like the wire, they were right on. Yep. And if they had a little more support, maybe it goes down different.
6: Yep. And she says basically, I'm gonna I want to drill down on Ferrex and find this guy, Cassian Andor, which is ironic because he's already in custody. I've
5: already got one.
6: And yet they don't know it yet.
5: I wanted to ask, it came up last week, but we didn't really talk about it. Forging a new identity. Yes. How easy is that to do in the Star Wars galaxy? Does he have to come up with papers, or is he literally just giving his name and that's good enough?
6: No, because they all have a chain code. Remember in Bad Batch, one of the first things the Empire does is introduce this concept of a chain code, which is some sort of social security number slash ID that identifies you as you. Then again, in Solo, we saw that Han didn't have a last name, and some... Passport Customs Control guy gives him the name Solo. So I guess it cuts both ways.
5: So there's someone out there making fake IDs.
6: I'm assuming, yes. Someone like Cassian has the wherewithal to go find himself some fake papers or whatever. So they arrive at the prison. They're yelled at. And these guys come out with very cool high-top boots. And we're like, ooh. These boots,
5: dude, they look like the Nike shoes from the future, Back to the Future too. Back to the
6: Future, yeah. The mags. They also look like when Homer Simpson wanted to buy a pair of new sneakers. Mm. <laughs> they were like huge. <laughs> That's what they remind me of.
5: They're wearing these because the floors are made of tungstoid steel and they push a the little button and it electrocutes them. That's just level one of three. So don't f around.
6: This is why they don't have any weapons or anything on them. All they have is this button in these shoes. Anytime you step out of line, you will be... What they call fried. He praises the sanitary conditions and the minimally invasive enforcement techniques at this facility as a result.
5: Yeah, a lot of puffing their chest out in this welcome to prison exposition. Cyril is enraged by Doc Brown's report. He informs Dedra of several omissions, including criminal negligence by his commanding officer, a total lack of Imperial authority on Ferex, and the fact that Andor was assisted by local accomplices. She just tells him not to file any other requests. She'll tell his boss that he did a good job, that he was of service to the Empire. And as she's walking out, he tries to make his case. I mean, he's trying to... Get that promotion.
6: Still working for it, man. Bless his heart.
5: I was a very good deputy inspector. Maybe I was a little overly ambitious, but I did solve a double murder in two days. Can one ever be too aggressive in preserving order? So, there's got to be a little part of Dedra that can agree with that.
6: Well, I think she appreciates that the powers that be told this dude to let it slide, much like they told her to let it slide, and he didn't. He is insistent on their version of justice their version of getting to the bottom of it so maybe there is like a mutual admiration there but she doesn't show it she tells them basically if we hear one more thing out of you i won't be the one that that you're gonna have to deal with sit down shut up forget this ever happened but he has a little wry smile on his face it's not over he's not gonna
5: quit we know this (laughs) We absolutely know this.
6: It's almost like he understood, oh, she's just playing hard to get, like you know?
5: Right. But in the classic scenario, it's like, is she playing hard to get or is she telling you to shut up, dude? (laughs) Which
6: is it? I'm not hearing a no in the words of Zoidberg. (laughs) We're back to Cassian. He's being processed at the prison. And this part made me laugh so hard because it's a combination of things. One, showing the fraying of the bureaucracy of the empire where you got all these guys. Say, hey, where are you? I was was waiting for the other guy to show. It's like a hum in the background of a lot of these Imperial scenes, mate. We
5: spent a lot of time here, and I started to get anxious that something was going to happen, but I think it's just setting up for the eventual escape.
6: There is ineptitude here. Ineptitude exists all across the Empire because the Emperor and Vader can't be everywhere. I love them telling Cassian, move forward, stop, now go, like just yelling instructions that are all contradictory, step onto the lift and stop, move forward, stop, and then we walk out there and you see the floor, you see that everyone's kind of working on this factory floor, they're all wearing the jumpsuits and we're introduced to a voice that at first I thought, oh, this guy must be like the security guard in charge, but I've forgotten a lot of prisons. They make one of the other prisoners the foreman or the manager. Mm-hmm. And this prisoner is played by none other than Andy Circus, ladies and gentlemen. Andy Circus, you might remember him, as the voice and the mocap for Supreme Leader Snoke in the sequel trilogy of Star Wars. He also plays Ulysses Claw in the Avengers movies. He played Gollum in Lord of the Rings.
5: Caesar. In the Planet of the Apes movies, he's a legend.
6: He's a legend. He's big in mocap, but also, like I said, in the Avengers movies, he plays Ulysses Claw and he's just himself, so great actor, and he's acting his ass off here is what he's doing, Mace.
5: He's also directing now, which is pretty cool. That's awesome. He's directing Animal Farm. That's going to be his next project. He explains seven levels of factory, seven rooms per level, seven tables per room, seven men per table, a lot of sevens.
6: How many were going to say nice?
5: <laughs> and there is a real squid game nature to this prison. They're all competing with each other. The tables are competing. Kino is competing against the other rooms. Yeah, the
6: rooms are competing.
5: If you lose, you get zapped. If you win, you get perks.
6: The perks are you get to taste your food.
5: That's just ridiculous.
6: <laughs> that is wild. Again, shout out to the Empire doing imprisonment better than anyone else.
5: And Kino is serious. Yeah. He runs a tight ship. He tells Cassian, don't ever slow up my line. And Keith meets his fellow inmates, Jembok, Zal, Taga, Yulaf, Ham, and...
6: Bruce Scott Melshi, I mean. Yeah, you might remember him, Maze, given that you just watched Rogue One. Yep, yep. As one of Cassian's right-hand arm men <laughs> in the little battalion that they take Scarif with. Yeah. He's the one that gets the radio call that they got to flip the master switch.
5: Yeah, he's kind of the leader of the roughnecks on Scarif. He also breaks Jin Erso out of the prison transport on Wobani. So he's prominent in Rogue One, which means we know he gets out too, and he and Cassian become close. So this was cool.
6: That was cool. It was like a nice little, oh shit, there he is.
5: So there's a lot of Cassian looking around, just observing and they're working on this Imperial assembly line. Didn't help at all. It's his first five minutes, I mean, I don't blame him for not helping at this point, but there's the creepy PA announcer voice telling them that they have a 40 minute challenge and warns them about getting fried.
6: Cut from prison-prison to the prison of marriage. Mm. Mon Mothma and her husband Perrin are having a drink. Squigs! It's a Chandrillan delicacy where they drop some weird little worm inside some fizzy beverage and it fizzes some more. She doesn't want any more. He'll take hers. He's going doubles on his drinks. In comes Tay Remember him from last episode. He's her friend that they grew up with in Chandrilla. And he's the guy she's put in charge of the charity, which is, of course, a front for rebellion activity. Things aren't going as quickly as she wanted. We get a do you remember Perrin at 15?
5: Yeah, they talk about Perrin's firebrand youth and he wants nothing to do with it. And then as Perrin's walking away, Tay hits him with the line, Charity begins at home, yeah. <laughs> which makes him turn back. <laughs> that was yeah. excellent. I love that. Then he tells Mon that he's having trouble with the Empire's banking regulations, so it's a little tougher than they thought. They run into the daughter again, Leda, and this was the weirdest Leda scene yet. She just makes these really blunt statements. She tells Tay, you're here all the time now, and then she says, you're drinking squigs. Is she just awkward in public, or is there something else going on here, man?
6: Here's my theory on Leda. I think she's going to rat out her own mama. Hmm. To dad? to somebody she's gonna write out Coma and mon mothma to somebody it'll be like some scene where they're being interrogated and the daughter's gonna come out that's not true i saw you talking to someone so like she's gonna do some shit like that maybe i just don't like her and i'm allowing this to color like oh yeah she'd be probably the type to sell out your mama Anyways,
5: Mon's here to schmooze. muster votes to oppose the new imperial legislation. So she's talking to this dude in the purple robes.
6: We keep cutting back and forth from the prison to this cocktail party where Mon Mothma's is working the room. And throughout the entire scene, the face changes that she does. Oh, yeah. Like Luton. Big smiles and then turn around and this deathly look on her face. Back to the prison. We're lined up. Cassian is staring, as always, at everything and everyone. He's, he's got this look on his face like, holy shit, is this my life for the next six years? Yeah. Is this really happening? And a couple of people ahead of him is a guy who is sign languaging out the window. Mm-hmm. We look across and we see another walkway opposite to the walkway all these guys are lined up in, filled with prisoners, and there's someone signing back. And then we see more and more walkways and realize this place is huge.
5: That was cool to see the massive scale of it. And then this is one of several places. So there's really just a lot of of prison work going down.
6: This is the part where the idea that the Aldani heist wasn't anything other than an excuse for the emperor to expand his power to imprison more people and to build this massive prison industrial complex In which you're getting free labor, Mm -hmm. slave labor, in essence, to build whatever they need.
5: Mothma and the senators are discussing the new laws, including Pord. A bearded senator expresses concern about the dangers of Palpatine's unlimited security powers. A female senator says they're living in dangerous times. And then another male senator makes sarcastic jokes about chandrillin hospitality, a.k.a. Getting drunk on squigs.
6: They do talk about the idea that, A, the need for security, so what all Palpatine is doing is trying to keep everybody safe, but, B, somebody else says, well, if you haven't done anything wrong, what is there to fear? Which This is all very, very echoey of modern America and the response of some people towards police brutality and over-policing as, well, if you haven't committed a crime or if you haven't done anything wrong, you shouldn't have anything to be afraid of, in which Mon Mothma says, my concern lies in what you consider to be wrong. Meaning that works until you consider like the person on the other end of a blaster or a gun and a badge gets to define what wrong is. And that wrong can be adjusted and adapted at any moment just to apply to me. We're back in the prison. We're walking towards the cells. The cells have no doors, Maze. Why is that?
5: Where we're going, we don't need doors.
6: Yeah, because there's only one man per cell. And if they catch two in a cell, they flip the switch and they fry you. If you're caught walking around after hours, after the white walkway lights turn red, you get fried. By the way, the very funny thing is they have a full bathroom kit and all that stuff in there. But they also have a tube in which they get food. Mm -hmm. And you can get as much food as you need. Mm -hmm. They're not rationing out the food. And here's why. They want them healthy and strong to continue working at maximum capacity and output but the catch is as Mays mentioned earlier the food has no flavor to it so that's the incentive to work hard and be number one in your unit is to be able to taste the chicken apparently
5: yeah it reminded me of the slop they eat in the matrix mouse says it tastes like tasty wheat but yes it's just slop you eat slop out of a tube. There's also a handy dandy display of your prison term on a little console there. And this prompts the prisoners to ask Cassian what he did. He says nothing. Then they wonder about Pord because they've heard about it because all of their sentences doubled without any explanation. And so much to their dismay, he can't really give them any information, but they know about Aldani. They don't know what happened, but they know that something happened.
6: Here's the wild part. When they're, like, poor, you know, da-da-da directive. Isn't everyone outraged about it? That, like, hit me because, it's like, the idea of the, these people are in prison, they're getting bits and pieces of information from the outside, but, like, in their mind, it's like, yo, this shit is crazy. They passed a rule where you could just do this. I'm sure everyone in this republic must be like, that's horseshit. And speaking out, like, they think it's demonstrations and riots out in the street. To be fair, I think that is
5: happening because I do think that is... What Cassian got swept up in? Oh, when he got arrested. I think that was because there was a protest on that planet.
6: I got you. I got in you in
5: South Beach Star Wars. But yeah, we haven't gotten a ton. Like we get a little bit from Marva, right? We know that she's juiced about it, and we get a little bit from Mon Mothma, but we know that she's in the minority of the senators who care, right? So there's definitely not unified outrage like they
6: would have hoped. Not only is there no outrage, but some of these poor schmucks don't even know that the directive has even been passed. Right? He's completely oblivious. That scares the shit out of them because they realize, oh, no one's coming to save us. And that's where Melshi gives him the speech that Morgan Freeman gives Andy Dufresne (laughs) in Shawshank. Don't waste time worrying about parole and shit like that.
5: Kino doesn't like it. He grabs Melshi, throws him against the wall. The floor goes red. Time to go to your room. Parents chatting with two people. They discuss the view. We get some backstory. Mon became a senator at sixteen. She and Parent had an arranged marriage a year before that.
6: We also get some great metaphor about you guys must stand in front of this window and see this view all the time. And they reply something along the lines of "We don't appreciate the familiar anymore" or some shit like that.
5: That's true though. I mean. That's your view every day. You don't care.
6: Talking about the marriage, by the way.
5: Oh, (laughs) oh, there's levels to this. Got it. Yeah,
6: there's always levels to this.
5: And that's where we get the really obvious smile dropping as she walks away after asking where Tay is at.
6: Rich elites, whining and dining and enjoying views, cut to and or in prison, and it's 30 days later. That's right.
5: 30 shifts. I like that. Cassian's a little more acclimated to the prison. Yep. Everybody gets sprayed down naked before they hit the floor. The old guy is kind of slowing them down a little bit. Cassian stands around and is just waiting at one point, and Keno takes this opportunity to yell at him.
6: He's gotta wait because the old guy needs the shit fixed. So Cassian's just waiting, and Keno's like, you better be doing some shit. Like, which is just classic drill sergeant. Yep. I'm busting balls no matter Look what. Look alive! Cut to Ferrex. And the Empire is everywhere. They took over the hotel. Cassian's buddy from the beginning that did the alibi for him. Rasso. Is walking down the street. Meanwhile, Bix is with Marva. Marva is hurt and maybe a little crazy. I don't know.
5: She's falling apart. She's wheezing pretty hard. Fiona Shaw acting her ass off. Totally bought that she was worse for wear. They're checking in on her and Marva fell, seeing if a tunnel under the hotel was open so the rebellion can sneak in and take them by surprise. She's a rebel. Isn't that
6: cute? A rebel in this really adorable but sad way. I'm going to stick up for this shit, and I'm going to be part of this thing, but she's not really part of a rebellion. She's just one woman. It's like the lone crazy person who claims they've joined ISIS. No, you haven't. (laughs) You're just one crazy person by yourself.
5: As they wonder what to do, Bix decides she needs to get in contact with Cassian. While this is happening, I mean, Vel is spying on them. Cinta walks in. And so I got to ask you, do you think we will find out what Cinta did on Aldani? No. Just it's over. We're moving on.
6: We've moved on. The idea is that she's a badass. You know, oh, they escaped. They left Cinta. No, they didn't. She knew what she had to do. She's a shit-done... Get done, type of person. We know that because as she's talking to Vel, and Vel says, What are you going to do? Cinta says, Well, we should sit here and wait it out until he comes back. What if he never comes back? Well, this is the only lead we have. It's like, Well, both of us can't stay. That aroused too much suspicion. So Cinta says, Cool, I'll stay. You can go. Vel says, Wait a second. We've already spent so much time apart. Like, is this really the right thing to do? And Cinta reminds her she's down for the cause, she's 10 toes deep. And the cause comes before any of their personal relationships or any of that shit.
5: She burns Vel so hard. Oh,
6: man. What's your cover? Maybe I'm a rich girl running away from my family. Well, that's cold. (laughs) And really gets her her feelings hurt. Mace, I enjoyed that this same-sex relationship is layered and textured and isn't just about two women kissing each other like we got in Rides of Skywalker. Look, they're gay! Like, no, there's... Substance to this relationship That's not built around the Premise of them being Same sex so I really enjoyed That piece of context there
5: Cinta realizes she might be a little harsh. She tells Val, I'm a mirror, Val. You love me because I show you what you need to see. And she does reach out and take her hand. But yes, she is more concentrated on the job than having a relationship. That's not as important.
6: Bix goes to the little warehouse workshop thing. Anderson Pock. Yeah, Anderson Pock's place says, I need to use the thing. It's an emergency. She goes back there. She calls up Luthen, Luthen's assistant, Clea. Receives a message, does not answer, tells Luther we need to shut this shit down.
5: Yeah, she accuses Luther of slipping. They have this existential argument. I want to ask you, though, do you think Clea is Luther's daughter?
6: I never really thought about it, I guess. Given how he trusts her wholly and she could speak to him any which way, I would guess it's someone related to him rather than just a rando.
5: Than just an employee.
6: But also, I didn't realize this but until like midway through this conversation, Luthen is super paranoid that Cassian is going to sell him out.
5: Oh, yeah. It's a loose end out there.
6: This was the plan all along, pretty much, right? To dispose of this guy. Or do you think it's because he left with the money and said, I'm done. I don't want to be a part of this?
5: It's definitely accelerated because he left. If he came back and they had an opportunity to talk, who knows where that conversation goes. But. He brought in Cassian as a ringer to make sure that Aldani happened, and it did. So that worked out. But I think everything in the aftermath, we've had multiple conversations about how he was a little sloppy on Ferex. As Dedra says, this is the only mistake he's made. Right. So this is him trying to cover his own tracks. But Clea eventually gets him to shut it down.
6: He has a conversation with Clea about wanting to get loud. He's tired of cowering in the shadows, which foreshadowing... It's the exact opposite conversation he has in 10 minutes with a special someone. Yep.
5: So he's going to go to Segram Milo. He's going to take the long way and Bix is really upset that no one's responding.
6: Guess what, honey child? The block is hot and you out here making it even hotter. The
5: block is hot and you are calling your girlfriend like poot <laughs> on the wire, spilling details not good so back at Narquina five a prisoner commits suicide a lot of bickering no one really cares
6: it's another shawshank part where they're like complaining about it they're, they're so desensitized to it
5: oh this is just gonna affect our work for tomorrow now
6: it's gonna smell like shit all night long Yep. complete disregard for human life meanwhile back on ferrix anderson pack has been arrested there's a crowd growing there's a bunch of imperials and they notice bix she starts running they start chasing her and mays another cinephobe Rule of Two crossover, I wrote Bix, Cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> Luthen lands on this planet, and we see our good friend from Rogue One, Two Tubes. Yeah. Standing guard, and he hasn't aged a day. I mean, no. He looks exactly the same, and in the background... There is a predecessor to the X-Wing fighter, and we got a meeting with Saw Gerrera and his partisans. The best banter I think I've seen ever in Star Wars. This was
5: so, so funny. This reminds me, you see a friend you haven't seen in a while. You're throwing all this false humility and
6: praise at them. I'm just trying to be like you, I mean, Like you. Made same note too, bro. It was so funny funny dude i'm just trying to get like you Nah, you got it and they're just going back and forth No, man that was your style dude i could tell right away (laughs) only you could have done
5: that and then at the end when he says let's agree it was a masterpiece yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah this was a highlight scene of the episode of the season this was incredible Luthen's going to trade several pieces of stolen Imperial technology, drive adapters, sealed steer guard targeting deflectors. He just wants Saw to meet Anto Krieger, contact who's been probing the Imperial power station at Spellhouse.
6: Spellman and Morehouse. <laughs> I'm like, Wow, they went to the Black Planet, huh?
5: Saw calls Anto an ox. He's slow and stupid, but Luthen says he's strong. I want you to hear his
8: plan. He'll need air support. Let's just keep this simple. I'll take all three deflectors. How much? Well, you meet with Krieger, they're free. You don't, I'll take them elsewhere. I work alone. That's what I'm trying to change. I'm not going to put my people at risk for someone else. We need to pull together, Saw. Whatever our final version of success looks like, there's no chance any of us can make it real on our own. We need the Empire to help. We need them angry. We need them coming down hard. Oppression breeds rebellion. Krieger needs their support. I'm not for hire. Think of it. Think of Spellhouse in flames. Neither of you could do it on your own, but together. Krieger's a separatist. My pay's a neo-Republican. The Gorman Front, the partisan alliance, sectorists, human cultists, galaxy Partitionist. They're lost. All of them lost.
6: Lost. All those things mean something. Separatists are the separatists from the original Clone Wars who still want to separate from the galaxy. Neo-Republicans are people who want, I guess, Mon Mothma would be a Neo-Republican, right? hmm Partisans are obviously his people. These are the extremists, the terrorists, if you will, the IRA of Star Wars. Human cultists, i like, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> I don't know if he's just yelling shit at some point.
5: Are there people who are only down for humans? Out there?
6: I guess, yeah. That would be it. Because, again, that, that's the other thing. Our friend Jason Madison hit me yesterday, and it was like, why are there no aliens? Why is this all humans? And I said, well, part of it, I think, is I think they wanted this show to appeal to people who aren't Star Wars fans, so they try to limit as much sci-fi as they can. But I think more importantly, the Empire marginalizes aliens. The Empire is racist. Mm-hmm. The Emperor is racist. They don't like aliens. And so you won't see any aliens... Working as Imperials directly, like in uniform. And even in the Senate, they're minimized and shouted down. But yes, human cultists might be that. Also, he mentions the Gorman Front.
5: Yes, we've been talking about that.
6: Do we need to explain who Sagarera is? Who is Sagarera, I mean? So, back in the Clone Wars, there's a planet that was dealing with some separatist issues, but the Jedi and the Republic decided they didn't want to get involved because they could not afford another battlefront. But they didn't want to sell out this small planet. They sent Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka to go train these people on their planet, Onderon. Much like the Americans sent CIA operatives to Afghanistan to train the Afghani warlords, freedom fighters, as they called them at the time, in order to fight the Soviet Union. And much like those Afghani freedom fighters who defeated the Empire, America basically left them high and dry in the lurch that kind of radicalized those freedom fighters. And that's what Al Qaeda became. Saw Guerrero is very similar to that. He was trained by the Republic in order to fight the separatists, succeeded in defeating the separatists using guerrilla warfare tactics, and then left high and dry. Now in that case it's because the Republic turned out to be a sham and it was an empire. And so Saw is radicalized in his belief of the way you have to approach all of this shit. So, what we see here, and this is my favorite part about Saw. Saw. is a guy who's an idealist at the start. His sister dies in trying to free on. And then the Republic and the separatists and all that stuff like kind of collapses and you get this galactic empire. And the journey of Saw is someone descending into madness. Paranoia. Believing that everybody's out to get him. He doesn't trust anybody. He's militant. His partisans are extremists, as we said. What we see in Rogue One is just an insane old man. There's no part of this where he's got any sort of sense about him.
5: He's got a giant creature named Borg Gullet yes. that he will hook you up to just as a lie detector. No matter what you're saying, he's going to hook you up to Borg Gullet.
6: One tends to lose one's mind, right? <laughs> like, oh, you'll get your mind back, maybe. I don't know. But the telling scene in this, he says to Luton, aren't you tired of hiding in the shadows? And Lucas says, aren't you tired of fighting with people who are on your side? That's Saw Guerrera, The guy who's so extreme in his beliefs that 50% of his conflict is with people who are fighting for the same cause.
5: And the rebellion is so scattered at this point. Fractured. There is no unifier that's coming. He's a massive part of the rebellion. But yes, he's so isolated and unwilling to work with others, like you say, that it's almost detrimental at times.
6: It's it's kind of crazy that Luthen says, I want to be loud and says, this is how you force the empire's hand and all these things. When you put him next to Saw, yeah. he becomes, by comparison, this milquetoast pacifist. Yeah, You're not really about the work, right? You're just a guy who hides in the shadows and whispers things here and there. I can't even imagine what Saul thinks about Mon Mothma.
5: Oh man, yeah, I don't know if we'll ever get a scene with them. That'd be incredible
8: though.
6: What are you, Luther?
8: I've never really known. What are you? I'm a coward. I'm a man who's terrified the Empire's power will grow beyond the point where we can do anything to stop it. I'm the one who says we'll die with nothing if we don't put aside our petty differences. Petty! I am the only one with clarity of purpose. <laughs> <laughs> well, anarchy is a seductive concept. A bit of a luxury, I'd argue, to a man who's hiding in cold caves and begging for spare parts. Saw
5: says no deal. Good luck with Anto and. Luthan goes on his way.
6: Which is crazy, man. He says to him, yo, how much for these pieces, for these devices? And he says, I'll give it to you for free if you just meet with this guy.
5: It's all you gotta do.
6: Saw is so principled. Saw basically says, all right, then I don't need the shit. <laughs> He's just next level, man. He's one of my favorite characters in all Star Wars. I love the idea of someone driven to insanity by a worthy cause. The scene ends with them kind of smiling and laughing and all that stuff. That's the most ass-off scene we've had, maybe in all of Star Wars. Two phenomenal actors cutting it up. Bix has been apprehended. They bring her to the hotel. Dedra's there and she's got Anderson packed in some sort of torture chair and he's about to pass out. Some imp walks in, says, Should we clear the room? She says, No, I want her to see him. Which is badass, of course, but also goes to the levels of depravity and cruelty.
5: And then it's even better because she pretends to sass that guy. What are you doing? For allowing... Get him out of here. Picks to see him. <laughs> like, he messed it up. Fantastic play.
6: Ass off for the imp, by the way. He's looking at... You just told me he's got that look on his face. Shit, man. Tells her, hey... I know who you are, all that shit. You're going to tell me what you know. And then they point to the chair, and we're supposed to be really afraid of the chair. Cut back to one last time at Narquina 5. Cassian is hard at work.
5: Backed on the grind. More machinery assembling.
6: End of episode. Maze, how are they going to get out?
5: Well, they've been breaking them up into three episode blocks. Mm -hmm. But episode 7 was... A transition episode. Yeah. So this is the beginning of the next block.
6: Right. This is the episode where we're introduced to lots of new characters, which is what they've been doing regularly throughout the series.
5: Right. Get to a new place. Establish that place. So I think because we know that Melshi is also there, I'm leaning towards a prison break. We got the guys sending the sign language signals. Something's afoot. And we've also had that moment where we saw that the guards can have lapses of security and stuff like that.
6: Yeah, they're a shit show. It reminded me of on Aldani, when the guys are running across that dam. Why are you guys late? Like, nobody told us. That's the Empire, man. Particularly the farther you are from Coruscant, from the inner rim, the more likely you are to get... For lack of a better term.
5: I guess my only other question regarding that is, is someone going to find out that he's there and come looking for him? Whether it's Vel, whether it's Dedra, are they going to connect the dots before he escapes or is he going to escape and that's going to draw attention, which will then put them on the trail?
6: I think it's the latter. I think the reality is, in a weird way, if he just stays put, no one will ever know who he is.
5: Hidden within the system.
6: Yeah, no one will ever hear from him again. But I think it's the break that's going to raise attention, and it's going to be a race between the rebels and the Empire to see who gets to him first. The irony being, the Empire wants him for questioning to find out more. The Rebellion wants to kill him.
5: Yep, and he'll have to change their mind somehow.
6: (laughs) Somehow, and maybe Melshi is going to be part of that. Process. Maze, another thing dropped this week, which is Tales of the Jedi's animated shorts and anthology, and it's supposed to be backstories on a lot of these Jedi that we know and love, including Ahsoka Tano, but also Count Dooku, who he was before he turned to the dark side. I have not watched any of these because they dropped all at once, and guess what? I've got a life. I can't do all this shit all at once. Maze, did you get a chance to see any of these?
5: As soon as I saw that they were all out, I was intimidated, so I'll try and watch a couple of those in the next week, and we can talk about it.
6: I saw one clip. I saw one clip, and someone tweeted me about that clip. The tweet was, I have important information. Yaddle, who is the the female of Yoda species, (laughs) speaks normally in the new Star Wars show, which means Yoda's just a goofy little goblin talking in riddles for the fun of it. I did not know this. I thought that's their pigeon English from wherever Yoda's from. Nope. He's just an asshole, which, again, further confirms everything. And I had somebody tweet me. Here we go. At Verticality One, Yoda is the Kyrie Irving of the Galactic Empire. Same note, too, bro. That's going to do it. For rule of two make sure you check us out next week we'll do episode nine of andor and we'll do a little tales of the jedi recap it's only six episodes i believe they're only about 15 minutes long maze till next time
5: anarchy is a seductive concept
0: on Conversations with Jer Bear today.
3: Yeah,
1: Jer Bear said he never watched you're the challenge. Tony, up that's fl- how Tony You get a Miami Heat microphone in your hand and you turn it into a different person. They're
0: so unprofessional.
1: <laughs> Jess,
2: I think that you think I'm bullshitting with the nose in and out through I the nose. I do
0: think thing. you're bullshitting. <laughs> I felt
2: that. I felt that. Snoring, when I, not today. Yeah, when uh, I, I felt that. Why? You know
0: what, Tony? Tony, not today.
2: Wow. Yeah. Hey. So I cure somebody a little bit of snoring and now I'm the bad guy.
0: What do you mean? You cure them like you're Jesus and you? I just helped. I helped the guy. The leper and hey, I helped him?
1: the guy. <laughs> Tell your body. You know not more. Today. About My the wife Bobby was uh, less Bible mad. Than at. Anybody here? She was My wife mad. was less mad at me because of Tony. Thank you. You saved a marriage. Yeah. Congratulations. And, you,
3: and yet
2: you're mad at me. So yeah. I'm trying to figure out why.
0: I'm not mad at you, Tony. It's just like you've been on a heater this week. You Someone's have. Someone's got to knock you down a pen.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I would oh, say. I would wow. say. I'm making things happen. I would say this
3: is Tony's strongest ever week on the show. Yeah. I would say by some distance it's as well. Final hour, is final hour. We we didn't even we didn't even do a refrain this week, and we you didn't. were you were you were no, on fire. We've been on a
2: heater with those too. Yeah. Those have been amazing. Yeah.
3: That'll do it for the episode of Mister Great. Be sure check know, out know, all the know, podcasts of Levitard and Friends. Podcast. Come on now. Work. As a result of your tremendous week, Tony. Yeah. Any any plugs for us? Uh, we have.
2: Oh, should I? Uh, you know, Juju, are you out there? Yes, cool. <laughs> I'm out there. Sorry, i in the kitchen. Yeah, he's in the kitchen. I gotta give him a second to run over. Get back in Cooking dinner. Exactly. The we have a big announcement <laughs> to make, but I think me and Jude are going to save it for the
4: big show.
3: What? Big show? Oh,
2: is yeah, the, exactly. this, this
3: section of the program isn't good enough
2: for it. It's you? not that it's not good enough. We gave,
4: uh, no, Mr. it's not. It's actually not. Wow. Okay. It's not good enough. Wow, I need Dan Ju- Levitar's, yeah. from our lips to God's ears. Yeah. Dan Levitar will make this announcement on the main show. Yeah. Predicting it.
3: Mm-hmm. All right. It's, All right. It's it's so, big. your plug is that there's an announcement coming. At yeah. Some point. Check
2: the big show in the next week. We'll have a big announcement. All right. Then. Oh, yeah. Jessica, what do you have
0: to plug? Golik and
3: Smeddy? Golik
0: and Smeddy, uh, DNF, Mexico Grand Prix, this weekend, Sunday, live reaction show, uh, sometime in the afternoon. I don't think
3: I've ever seen the Mexico Grand Prix before. I think last year, for whatever reason, it passed me by. And and Spencer said it's like the best crowd of the year.
0: Yeah, it's going to be really fun. And uh, off the looking glass coming soon, it is being worked on Mm. in the lab.
3: Checo Perez uh, in his home race. Should be a fun one for Red yeah. Bull. Chris Cody, what's on Cinephile this week? Jeremy Strong from Succession. Good interview Ooh, with him. By that the way, a Jer- good I, good I meant I'm gonna, I meant to text Adnan. Unbelievable first question from Adnan. Yes. To Wait, Jeremy us Strong. Us I don't remember so, it, but it sounds so, really answer. good. So the the, he's in this movie, that, and, and so he, Jeremy Strong and the director are on. Yeah, first off, great strategy asking the director the first question. It's yeah. like, hey, I'm not here to Star Fuck. Adnan's a pro. Right. Adnan's a pro. I am not here to yeah. to star bleep and and, 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 and you know, and say about a good thing. I already did it. He's not there to start fuck. Oh. Question number two. Jeremy Strong. It's not like, hey, succession. Hey, acting stuff. Hey, that profile. He it lit, was, they loved the question. I do remember right, it now. Right. So yeah. the first question was you made a choice about wearing glasses in the movie. Yeah. Why did you make that choice? And that is and a the perfect question point. to get what? Jeremy Strong was, to be, no, because but, Jeremy Strong's
1: like, no, I looked it up. I went on eBay. No, but and I'm I went telling through you, like 20 different pairs of glasses. When these mm. guys are doing dozens of interviews. The, yep. the director was like, oh, wow, you haven't been asked that yet. And Jeremy was like, it just because, you know, these actors, they love their but process it sounds like
0: the kind of question Chris Whittingham
1: would like. Right. But mm. I'm telling you, it really. was no, no, no. It was well received in the terms of like getting him to be like, oh, this is going to be an interview that about challenges craft. Me. It's, no, it's I mean, an interview, a
3: yeah. craft is an interview about the shit that I care about. Yeah. And like, that was a great signal from Adnan to not be like, this isn't like any other interview yeah. that you've done. I actually give a shit about yeah. movies. And
1: I finally saw The Silence of the Lambs. Aww.
3: Is it *The Silence I of the see Lambs*? See or is, that, is, is the, I, I've
1: always said *Silence of the Lambs*, but it is *The Silence*. It is *The*. It's *The, like, it's the uh, Shawshank Redemption*. Yeah. You I, any, I,
0: did you have any Chianti? It really? well, yes,
3: it's *The Shawshank a a the nice Redemption*. A
1: Nice Chianti, <laughs> Clarice. I've never, I've never seen *Silence of the Lambs*.
3: What? i I hadn't
1: until a week ago so i can't really throw stones
3: (laughs) unbelievable
1: but you're you're really good you're doing a great
3: job though watching the classics
1: and i enjoy your reviews of the classics as well it's been Uh, it's been fun me and Anna, we're getting there we're finding something
3: cinephile check it out wherever you get podcasts roy what's on moco this week uh there is no moco this week uh our
1: episodes are coming to an end for the season oh a couple left season ending oh how do you get seasons in your contracts with these podcasts I, I I don't know I just cuz
3: my I don't stops. have
5: time <laughs> to make this show <laughs> Uh
3: in terms of uh plugs for me uh one Southbeat sessions great interview coming on Monday with Sam Shields uh, oh, the former yeah. NFL corner that was really good Also World Cup is coming up very soon we we're, we're cooking up some things uh for for the for the World Cup that He's is going to be a cooked. very busy month for me but a month that I will enjoy so Bunch. uh Stick around. Uh, right. We'll have our announce our coverage plans Ooh, for Oh,
0: how's the heat?
3: Yeah. yeah, hey, Jeremy, any
1: plugs? Are great. Miami Mike listen Dup.
3: Miami Mike Dup. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: you have yeah. mic on that yeah. show? Can we do that? Can we, can can we promote that? I don't know. Yeah,
7: yeah that's me. Oh, uh, um, yeah, listen to Miami Mike up. Wherever you get yeah. podcasts. That's, All that's podcasts, what i we're doing podcasts, not associated with us. The Greg Next Cody D show. Game. Check that out. Too. Mid, Mid-November, November 10th, against the Charlotte Hornets. Will you have I will a voice. Miami, they'll, Hopefully, they'll I will
1: actually have a voice yeah. for that game. I want you to just paint a picture of the panic oh God. when you woke oh up God. and your voice was gone the first before your first E game. Yeah, for those who don't know, yeah. uh my first T-game was
7: on Saturday. It Sounded like this. And I sounded just like that. It was a nightmare. When I woke up in the morning, I had nothing.
1: Was there any part of you that's like, I need to text my boss? Or were you just like, I am playing through this? I, I will show up with a voice even if if I, have I to... set a time for myself of 1 30 p.m.
7: And if by 1.30 p.m. I can't at least have something, right. then I'm gonna text someone and get someone to fill in for me. And so it was tea. How much coat tea? Oh my god. I, I literally. Coat yeah, tea. Yeah, coat I, tea. I I'm sorry
1: tea. about that.
7: Over over the span of 48 <laughs> hours, I probably had 30, 30 You were like Russell Wilson trying to yeah, Do high like knees that. in the plane. That's exactly what it was. Like, oh, that, and I was
2: just oh, pouring mouth honey down my throat, salt yeah. gargling
7: salt water, Saying drinking water with lemon. Names, bam, Adam, <laughs> yeah, just trying, <laughs> Yama, trying to get seven. anything, anything to come out. So, yeah.
1: Precious Achua. Yeah. <laughs> Mid- Mid-November, I'll be back on there. Yeah. So. Juju. What did
4: Juju say? Something about not being invited to his bachelor party or something. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I, just,
4: I just said, "Invite me all to right. your wedding." I
7: well,
4: want yeah, yeah, uh, uh, All I heard that. was, "I can't come to your wedding." Yeah, That's let, all let's I make
7: heard. it. Let's make it abundantly clear. I I texted Juju oh. on Friday night. Oh. Uh, of my bachelor clear. Friday night uh, There were still two full days in which I was going to be in Atlanta okay. I texted him saying hey We're going out tomorrow night If you want to make it He was like oh I'm going to the UF game okay. So sorry I all can't right, be there all right, all right. And I said alright well hit me up when you get back Ooh. And we'll hang out on Sunday. And guess who didn't get a text? Oh,
4: wow. Jerberry. And guess who didn't come Jer-berry back? Jerbear. did not Jer-berry, get a text. I, I stayed in, uh, in, down in Gainesville and watched the football games because I had to cover them for this damn Twitter <laughs> shit, for <laughs> the damn website. So the I phone. actually didn't come back until Tuesday. Salute to the good people in Gainesville. I love everybody. The good people in Gainesville? You, good people
7: um, in Gainesville is a, you know.
4: Oh, yeah, there, there are some good people. They welcomed yeah. us. Yeah. You know what I mean? And also wow. what I have going on this week is a salute to my dear friend Morgan from Australia. I hope you're doing great over there down under. Hey Morgan. And also, Pamela and Meredith Lace.
2: All right. I tried to get Jenny to confirm that I stopped snoring once I told my body not today, but she hasn't answered. So next week, maybe.
3: mosslevatar.com. Hmm. Yes. Buy tickets from Moss Miami. Yes, December please. the tenth at Winwood Marketplace.
1: Okay, goodbye. Hey,